This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Good to have you back. All the best for the new year. If I haven't seen you yet, I believe for God's amazing, amazing blessing this year. I really, really think God is going to do something as we begin this year on our knees before Him, family, and put Him first. I believe for great things. Amen. Can we just open in prayer? Father God, I want to thank you, Lord, for each and every person here. Thank you, Lord, for this wonderful outpouring of your spirit during our worship tonight, Lord. Thank you that you've touched hearts already. Thank you, Father, that lives have been changed in this auditorium. I believe for that and for everyone in tuned into the service right now. Thank you, Father God, for your wonderful word, Lord God. And my God, I give myself completely to you. I know I can do nothing without you. I am nothing without you. And I appreciate so much that, Lord, you've given us the spirit of God the teacher, Lord God, and help me to speak only the words that God has for us tonight and teach us, Holy Spirit. Put the seed deep in our hearts, Lord, that it may, may have bountiful fruits and many may eat from it, Lord. May this be a word that would really make a change in the way we approach life and that we may get more that you have for us, all the more that you have kept for us, Father, that you're wanting to, to pour out over our lives, Lord that we would open our hearts to it, Father, and, and that you would show us how to step into that fullness from this message tonight, Father. I believe for that, my God. You know that. And I ask you this in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Well, I want to say a very big thank you to Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev, as always, for this opportunity of being able to share this word tonight. And for me, it's just such a powerful word. I'm so grateful for all of you that are listening to it because I really believe it's a way that we can begin this year just walking a deeper, deeper relationship with God. And I'm sure we all want that. And I kind of have this picture in my mind, you know, where God has got all this, this stuff for us. I mean, whether it be healings, anointings, special uh, uh, ways that he wants you to walk into, special future that he has for you, all these things. And he's just saying, I just want you to step up and receive it. So we, we do that today. Just step up and receive what God has for us. Now, family, we, we're starting the year with pray. As I said, we're talking about pray for us. I'm really excited. This is a brand new series that we're starting tonight. In addition to that, we're also starting our 21 days of prayer and fasting, which begins tomorrow. Okay, so for 21 days, we will be praying together from our live stream platform from 8 until 8.30. A little bit of a different focus. For those of you who've done it already, you'll know that. And it really is, it's such a great way to start a year. And then in addition to that, which I absolutely love, is that we actually come for the next three Saturdays right here in the auditorium. We meet together and we're going to pray for an hour from 7 until 8 o'clock. You know what I love? There's not a card, McDonald's for coffee, but they're all sitting here praying to God. <laughs> Amen. I just love that. So let's get involved with that. We'd really, really love each and every person to just get behind it, to be part of that. Now, you may say, why 21 days? Well, think about it. You know, in Daniel chapter 10, you have the situation where Daniel has the situation for 21 days that he's praying and fasting. I mean, my goodness. God, like, opened the heavens for him. He confronted the enemy in this powerful way. So we just think that there's something very significant about 21 days, and that's the reason that we're going for that. In this new series that we call Pray First, I just want to say this, that this really is a church that is known for its prayer culture. Would you agree with that? And Apostle C. and Dr. Bev, there is without a doubt 
They are the most prayerful people I think we've all come across. Family, it's nothing for them to spend like three, four hours every single morning in prayer for you and for me. I mean, when they're even on holiday, everybody's out having a great time at the beach, they're still praying, and they don't move until dad decides, listen, I believe now my prayer time is concluded, and then they'll move on. But you know, this church is a prayer culture. When we say that, you know, to God alone be all the glory of what happened in this church, it is because everything was founded on prayer. I can tell you, I mean, Pastor Greg will bear me out, Pastor Tracy, how many days, Pastor, Pastor Chris, how many months did we pray as a staff for this facility? And God literally raised it from the ground. There were months that honestly, I mean, as you know, I do the finances, I'd like, God, I don't know how we're going to do this. There was just money available. Somehow God came through for us. That's why I know when I say this was built on prayer, it was built on prayer. But I think more than all of that, really our deepest desire is that we should, each and every one of us, really have a God encounter, that we should meet with God in these 21 days, that we should really separate ourselves and just say, you know, this is what we, we just want to connect with God in a special way. And that's really the reason that we create all these opportunities that we can come together as a body and pray to God. That you can, and if you're not in a group, get in a prayer group. Let me tell you, things happen there. And also, we've got these Tuesday nights, so all these areas that we can, we can do this, and we want to operate in God's favor. Amen? Anybody? We want this church to operate in God's favor. Let me, let me use this word, to prosper us. Now, somehow, whenever we use the word prosper, people immediately think we're talking about money. You know that word prosper in the Hebrew is actually selah. You know what it means? It means God is going to push you forward. So maybe this is as far as you can go, and suddenly you just feel this lift, and you go forward. And that's what God has done for me in our church. And we want that for each and every one of your lives. Apostle Thea and Dr. Bev have never neglected to, to teach us not only how to pray, but to motivate us, to get us to pray. Now, just I brought this book with, because, you know, oops, if you have never if you don't have this book, or if you have it, please read it again, because it's really powerful. If you don't have it, I really want to suggest that you get it. The greatest thing about this, it's called How to Pray Correctly. Because many times people may get bored with prayer because they're not seeing the results the way that they maybe think it should be coming through. Let me tell you, this, this book took my prayers from a 1 out of 10 to a 10 out of 10. So I highly recommend it, family, that we really know what it is, how to do that. Amen? I just, um, you know, I think there's a lot of books out there that they kind of motivate us to pray. And I actually think maybe that's not the problem. I think that we need more direction on how to pray to get the results. And so when you're in your, your prayer time, this is what I'm talking about, that it's so good, like this worship was tonight, that you actually don't want to step away from it. But, you know, you kind of know, listen, I've got to get the kids to school, but, oh, God, it's so nice to be with you. They're kind of feeling to enjoy our prayer life that much. Let me give you five pointers, kind of giving a bit of structure as you're planning these 21 days of how we're going to go about it. And the first thing is, let's at the beginning of this year make sure that we make prayer a priority. That's the first thing. The second thing, have a place that you can go to 
where you can be with God and leave your phone out of there. Just a hint, okay? Have a plan of what you're going to achieve. The next thing is, is pray it powerfully because you've got to know God is for you. He's praying with you. I mean, the Bible tells us that Jesus is interceding with us all the time. And the last thing is, is that have purpose. Let me give it to you again. It's the priority, the place, the plan, the power, and the purpose. So we're going to do that. And then also remember that we are praying to the Godhead. And these are three families. It's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There are protocols that we have to apply as we approach each one of them. You get that, right? Now, many of you, because we've done this prayer time before the 21 days, have already downloaded our 21-day booklet. Okay, and we really use it kind of as a, it's a manual, let me call it that, um, on our daily prayers throughout these 21 days. So I recommend if you don't have it, then download it because it really it's very helpful. But for all intents and purposes, it is really there just to model different prayers for different situations. So it's a great kind of manual just to, to sort of structure our prayers. But I'm saying it again. This really, the purpose of the exercise is for us to build a solid prayer life with God. And you may say, gee, you know, why are we doing all of this? Well, we kind of think that South Africa needs revival. Anybody out there? Let me try again. We kind of think South Africa needs revival. <laughs> Amen, everybody. So we're going to get behind this and we're going to make sure that we do this. And so we've talked before on the subject of Pray First. And now the series that we, we called is also Pray First. And I've got my bangle on. How many of you want one of these? They are available directly after the service at the Welcome Center. They'll be there. Just go along and get one. And the reason we want to ask you to wear these is that as you look at them, family, remember this, that prayer is not just that thing that I did five minutes this morning or ten minutes or now or whatever it might be or during the prayer meeting. The Bible tells us that we should pray without ceasing. <laughs> I mean, again, it says pray continually. And you're thinking, how in the world am I going to get that right? Well, it's kind of this God consciousness to pray in the Spirit when you can under your breath. Or even what I call my popcorn prayers through the day. And I do this quite often. You know, I'm about to go into a meeting. I'm like, God, thank you for your wisdom. Thank you with me. Thank you. You put your words of wisdom in my mouth. You know, or if I'm going to send a text, just read it again before you push in. And maybe you want to pray first before you send that thing. Amen. But before I go to work, I want to pray first. Before we go to school, we're going to pray first. Before I go to university, I'm going to pray first. And for you young guys, when you do your tests, let me put it this way. Pray first, and then do your studies, and then come to church, right? And then you thank God because you know you're going to do well. Amen. So before I go to work, I want to pray first. When I wake up, I'm going to pray first. When I go to bed, I'm going to pray first. Before I eat, I'm going to pray first. Imagine if we all lived a pray first kind of life, family. And you know what? The point of learning this lesson is that praying first, praying should always be our first response and not our last resort. Invariably, what happens is, you know, we do it my way, and then we end up in a big mess then we pray because now we want to get out of that mess. Now I've got to say, I wonder what it would have looked like if we just prayed first in the first place. Amen. So that was just my introduction. After all that, I'm not actually teaching on prayer tonight. I'm actually teaching on the second word of our prayer title, prayer series title, and that is first. 
because we really believe that there's something very powerful about putting things first. I like it because my birthday's on the first. <laughs> but that's not what this is about. We're talking about prioritizing. You are here tonight, family. This is the first Sunday of the first month of 2024, and you have chosen to prioritize above anything else to be right here to meet with God. There's something powerful in that. And I want you to receive God's blessing right now on your life because I want to tell you God sees what we prioritize as first. Now, the title of my message actually comes from the first page of your Bible, <laughs> okay, the first book, the first verse, the first chapter, and the first four words, and it says, in the beginning, God. Now, I believe that should be a life's motto. In the beginning of my marriage, God. In the beginning of my schooling, God. In the beginning, before I go to varsity, God. At the beginning of my day, God. What if God was just more involved in our lives? And you see, here's the thing. A lot of people in South Africa would say, well, you know, God is part of my life. I've got news for you. He doesn't want to be part of your life. He wants to be everything in your life. God wants more of us so we can have more of him. He wants to be involved when you do your shopping, when you go and spend money, when you're attending to your sport, when you're with your family, with your friends, when you're in conversations. Family, he wants to be involved in all of it. And not only does he want to be involved, he wants to be front and center. Just imagine if we did that with everything. And I know, you know, God doesn't mind that you've got other things in your life that you love and you enjoy. That's fine. But this massive principle of Scripture, and as we apply it, we're going to see when we put God first, the benefits that we will receive because of that. The next place that we see this, this concept of first where it's mentioned is just a couple of pages later in your Bible. And here you've now got Adam and Eve's kids, right? Cain and Abel. And it's found in Genesis chapter 4. And I'm going to be reading from, from verse 2 or paraphrasing a little bit, because Abel was a shepherd, right? So he had flocks, and Cain worked the soil, so he was a farmer. Now, notice what it says about these two boys and their relationship that they have with God. It starts with this. It says, in the course of time. Notice that phrase, right? So he didn't put it first. It was kind of when he got round to it. It says, Cain came and brought an offering to the Lord, so he was a farmer, so he bought some of the fruits of the soil. But Abel brought the portions, the fat portions, from the, some of the firstborn of his flock. He brought the first of his animals, family, the firstborn of his, of his flock. He didn't just wait till he had a bunch of them and say, just grab one and say, well, you know, I'll just take this one because maybe it was crippled. I didn't really want it anyway. No, no, he took the very first one. And it says, the Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. Why is that? Well, simply because God does require to get the best of who he is, that we put him first. That's what he wants from us. Now, you can have a relationship with God without doing these things I'm going to share tonight. You, you can even go to heaven, right? But I can tell you right now that if we want to have this blessing, everything that God has for us, I really want to urge you, family, to just partake and practice these things that I want to share. One of the, I think the hardest thing in being in ministry is when you see people that are just getting by, 
with just enough. And we know how much God has for you. And that you can just have it, and we just want it so badly for you. So tonight I want to give you three principles that we can work, work on, and then I'm going to give you four different things that we can practice in order to make this thing work in our lives. And the principle number one is that God must be first. I mean, He must be first. He's got to be top of the list. It is the priority relationship. Now, how many of you enjoyed your Christmas? Anybody? Three people, good. <laughs> so I want to just remind you of the nativity scene. Just imagine for a moment that we have the nativity scene over here, okay? So you know what it looks like, okay? You've got the shepherds, you've got the manger in the front, you've got Mary and Joseph and the animals, and then you've got the wise men, not really scriptural, but nevertheless, that's how it looks. We all agree on that. Imagine this. Imagine I move the manger out the way and I bring the shepherds to the front, that represents my work. And sometimes that's what we do. We put our work first. Let's move the shepherds out the way. Let's bring the wise men to the front. That re represents money, family. Or well, let's do this rather. Let's put Mary and Joseph in the front. I mean, that represents family. That's good, isn't it? That we put family first. If you want God to bless your family, you need to put God first. Amen. And then I'll tell you what, let's bring the animals to the front. What does that mean? Listen, I've seen your animal posts. <laughs> I'm just joking. This is talking more about family that it's our hobbies, it's our holidays, it's our sport, it's all those things that we just love to do. Amen. But here's the thing, the manger's still there, but now it's not center anymore. Okay? It's just not first. And God is just not going to tolerate that. You know our family because he put us first. If you look at the Ten Commandments, okay, found in Exodus chapter 20 verse 1, it says, and this is God speaking, he says, I am the Lord your God. And notice he isn't telling us here what we need to do. He's telling us what he did for us. He says, who brought you out of Egypt and took you out of slavery. And this is a type and shadow of our born again experience. Okay, and God says, I've put you first. And by the way, to take us out of Egypt and out of slavery, it cost him his first. It cost him his best. It cost him his only son, the Lord Jesus. But he's willing to do that. He said, okay, I'm going to do that. I'm going to put you first. Now you shall have no other gods before me. So God is saying, I don't mind that you have those things you enjoy. I don't mind that you're having other loves. Now, I'm not talking about religions and faith and denominations. and right. I'm talking just about those things that you enjoy. He said, that's okay. Just do not put them ahead of me. Put God first. Amen? So God doesn't want to be just our Sunday God. We see this in Leviticus 27 verse 30. He wants to be our everything God family and we put God first by giving him the first of everything so this is actually part of my second principle and that is that we put God first by putting him first in everything that we do he wants to show up at your job he wants to help he wants to be there he wants to be involved in your family he wants to be involved in all of that and we need to understand that the tithing principle is not only a money principle 
We need to put a tithe of everything. We see this in Leviticus. He says we put God first by, putting, by giving him the first of everything. Here's the thing. He wants to be the first of your year. That's why we want to do this. He wants to be the first of your month. He wants to be the first of your week. He wants to be the first in your day. He wants to be the first thought that comes in your mind in the morning, the first words that come out of your mouth. He just wants to be first, family, because that is holy to the Lord. We see this in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9. It says, honor God. Say this to me, with me. Say, honor God with everything. Amen. It's every part of it, right? We give him our first and he will give us his best. God must be first. And so we put him first in everything. So the last principle that I want to talk about is how we benefit. Because you see, when we do this, God says, oh, is that what you're going to do? Let me show you what I'm going to do. Amen, family. So because now the first has the power to empower the rest. And that's a fact. And in Proverbs 3, verse 9, I'm going to read from the NRV now. It says, and again, I just want to say this, my life and this church family is an absolute testimony of how this works. Ready, okay? It says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of your crops. Okay, that is talking about your earnings. Okay? What I love about the word is whenever there's a condition, when there's an if, it's always followed by then. It says, then your barns will be full to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. Now, Jesus said it this way in Matthew 6, verse 33. It says, if you seek first my kingdom, my agenda, my life, your relationship with me, okay, here comes the then, I will take care of all things for you. Watch, God says, and let me show you how I'm going to get involved in your life. And this is what we want for you so badly. And so right now I'm going to give you these four things that I believe if we practice these four things, family, we're going to see 2024 really giving us those results that we've been believing for every new year. I believe this year, if we, if we appropriate this into our lives, we'll see this change. So the first thing I'm going to say is this, as I said, let's partake in these 21 days of prayer and fasting. Let's decide that from tomorrow, man, I'm going to focus on God. I'm going to be pushing that place away. I'm going to be saying no thank you to some things. And invariably, this is a time there's a wedding or a big birthday or something that has to come up. And maybe it means that we've got to even sacrifice something in between that whole thing. But let's decide that we're going to, we're going to do this. We're going to press in. You know what's amazing to me? There's such great examples in, in the Word. You know, Jesus, think about this. Jesus started his ministry when he was 30 years old already. And here's the amazing thing, okay? He gets baptized, and before he taught a single sermon, before he healed anybody, before he ministered to anybody, and you better believe there were people there that needed ministry, that needed a word, but he didn't. He separated himself, and for 40 days, he just waited on God. He fasted and he prayed. It's almost like he tithed his time into his ministry. And that's what we're asking you to do. We're asking you to take this time and put it aside and dedicate it to the Lord. Now we see what happened in Acts 10 verse 38. The Bible says here, God anointed Jesus. Now people say, but Jesus is God, isn't he? He's saying, yes, of course he is. But he 
took on humanity so that he could be the perfect mediator between God and man. He knew, family, he had to stay connected to the Father and be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Do we not know that? It says, then he went about doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil. Why? Because God was with him. And I know, and I, I promise you, I'm not saying this arrogantly at all, but I know that God is with us. You know how? <laughs> We're just not this good. We're just not this good. If I see everything that God has achieved in this ministry, I, I sit with a smile on my face and I'm like, Only God could do that. Amen, family. So we give him the glory for it. I mean, in our finances, our projects, in our visions, God comes through. And let me tell you this. If you study biblical history, human history, you will see that when people have set aside time for fasting and prayer and meeting with God, amazing things happen. You may remember the last time that I was, I was ministering, I spoke about Abraham Lincoln and the Civil War in America. Anybody remember that? So the Civil War in America was dreadful. It was one of the worst wars ever in America, and it was from 1861 through to 1865. In 1863, Abraham Lincoln calls this national fast throughout America, that these Americans all were repenting before God, crying before God, praying to God, saying, God, we've got ourselves in this mess. We don't know how to get out of it. We need you. Can you imagine having a national fast in the whole of the country together? Do you know that within two years, the war ended? And then in 1867, the Russians sold Alaska, the country, to America for $7.2 million, which works out to 28 cents an acre. Pretty good deal, I think. For 28 years, family, they operated their federal budget on a surplus. They would come together with Congress thinking, what are we going to do with all this money? How many governments do you know that operates on a surplus? The power of prayer and fasting. Let me tell you, we can do this in our own lives. Do you think South Africa needs a little bit of that? I think this country needs that kind of prayer. Wouldn't it be nice if we can call a national fast? Family, we need it. We need it. Our church needs it. We need this. So that's the reason we're saying Let's consider that this year. Let's put these 21 days aside. Let's earnestly meet with God. Let's fast. You know, now you may say, gee, okay, what about fasting? All right, let me give you quickly. There's a lot of information on our website, which you can have a look at. But there's pretty much off the top of my head four fasts that we normally use. The first one is a complete fast, which is what Jesus did. Okay, he pretty much ate, no well, he ate nothing. He just had water. Okay, so liquids. The second one is a, a selective fast, more kind of, I think we more call it like a Daniel fast, which means pretty much no meat, no sweets and cookies and those kind of things, bread, that sort of thing. So it's mostly like fruits and vegetables. And then there's a partial fast where you say, okay, well, I'll eat what I normally eat, but I'll fast maybe breakfast and lunch or lunch and dinner or whatever. So certain things, certain times that you won't eat. My husband and I, what we like to do is we kind of like to do a combination of those. So we may do a complete fast until six o'clock in the evening, And then maybe do like a Daniel, just have a light meal at night, just so we can function and keep our energy up. So we do that kind of thing. There's also, what's become very popular is a soul fast. You know, get rid of all that stuff that's polluting our minds. Social media. Some of us need to get off social media for 210 years, never mind 21 days. <laughs> just saying, right? So 
the nice thing about a soul fast, and you could also stop watching TV, okay? A little bit of something like that as well. We can do a combination of a soul fast with one of the others as well. So I'm just saying, let's do that. The second one is this, family, is that we commit to giving God the first of our month with tithes and offerings. Now, this is a principle that really, really works because you know what? Tithing is not an Old Testament law. It is a biblical covenant, and it's validated by Jesus. In Matthew 23, he says you should tithe. And I like to say in the new covenant, we don't got to tithe, we get to tithe. It's such a privilege. It really is. And this is speaking about not just, well, I'm going to find 10%. Tithe means 10% of, of my earnings, okay, when I get round to it in the course of time. No, family, it's something about the first, the first 10%, the top of my budget. As I said, there's something very powerful. In actual fact, tithing is simply a way that God teaches us to put him first. That's what the purpose is. Really not about the money at all. It's about God seeing, are you putting him first? And he double dares us to try it. Now, I know my own story. Man, what God has done. I know this church's story. We decided some years ago we're going to tithe 12% and not 10%. So 2% technically is, is an offering. But everything that comes into this ministry, that tithe is immediately separated. Now, I didn't know that the Apostle Theo was going to read Malachi 3 to you. I didn't know Pastor Greg was going to. But I believe that the reason that I'm going to read this again is because God so much wants to bless you. So let me read it. The Bible says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. That's the place where we worship. It's not a charity, not another organization. It is here where we worship. God says that there may be food in my house. And then God says, test me and see. See if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven. Pour out so much blessing. You can't even contain it. Family, I'm saying receive it as I speak it. Right? He says, I'll even prevent the pests from devouring your crops. The vines of the field will not drop their, 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 their grapes before it's, their fruit before it's ripe. And you know what? It says everybody, the nations are going to look at you and say, what in the world? Why are they so blessed? How did they get so blessed? And the Bible says you're going to be a delightful land. And that's what we want to hear you say. Man, my whole life is just delightful. That's what happens when we honor God. And you'll never know unless you do it, family. Then we're going to commit to God the first of our week. And this is speaking about consistent church attendance. Let me say it again. Consistent church attendance. God wants us not just to put an hour a week. He says that the Sabbath day is holy. It's the whole day, family. Now, obviously, for most people, Christians would come on a Sunday because that's the day that you have. Or for us as staff, we work on a Sunday. So Friday is the day that we close ministry, and that would be our Sabbath. But it's so good on a Sunday morning because you come and you get to worship God. And I'm saying this, family, this is where we get to know God. When we come together and we worship Him, give Him everything. Get involved. Those holy hands that you've got, slap them together. Don't give us a golf tournament clap. You know what I mean? Lift those holy hands to God. Let's get involved with everything, family. You know what? If you're not in a group, get involved, man. If you haven't been on, on growth track, get involved. If you're not on the dream team, find out your purpose. Come on, just do it. Discover what it is. And let's make a difference. Let's just not put our toes in the water. Let's jump all in. That's what God wants for us. 
So on a Sunday morning, come to church, go home, discuss the word. What is it that you learned? Because it will bring it back to memory and something that will stay with you when you talk about it. Amen. And then, you know what? Have a little sleep. We all want to do that. But come back. Be in this five o'clock. I'm speaking to the choir because you guys are here. Super blessings that you are. But our lives will be better. Jesus did this. I mean, this was his custom. We see this in Luke chapter 4, verse 16. It says, he went to Nazareth where he'd been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the house of God as was his custom. So I'm encouraging you, put the day aside and give it to God. You will see the difference in your life. And then, family, the last one is that we give God the first of our day in our word and our worship and our prayer. Amen. And I know we've spoken about this before, and there are many people that say, you know, you need to put an hour aside for God every morning. And and if you can do that, that's awesome. You know, then do that. But let's just think about this. If we're going to give him the first of our year with our 21 days, we're going to give him the first of our month as we come, we bring him our tithes and offerings. We're going to give him the first of our week when we come to church. The first of our day is that time that we meet with him. And even if you say, you know what, 15 minutes I can put aside for God. Give him five minutes. Just read the word for five minutes. You may say, I don't even know what to read. Well, you know what, on our CFC app, right at the bottom next to home, it says Bible. Click on that. You'll see it says plans. Just click on the plan. It will give you an Old Testament teaching, New Testament, and then it will give you a, a psalm and a prophet. And, and you're so late that maybe you can't even read all of that, which only takes a few minutes then just read the Psalms and the Proverbs. Just get a word in you. Do not leave the house without your word in you. Let me tell you, this is my routine. My husband knows. He doesn't mess with my routine. Even if I have to be at the airport at 4 o'clock like we had to a couple of months ago, I have my routine first. I have my word first. I cannot leave the house without it. Make it a priority. Then put on one of your favorite worship songs. Worship God for five minutes. If that's all you've got, give him at least those five minutes. And then your last five minutes, as I said, if that's all time you've got, that's when you lay your request before the Lord with thanksgiving. We always pray from a position of victory, family. Always. Amen. So, as I said, you know, I believe that as we do this, we will see what God has for us. And I think he has so much more, but it's going to take what he requires of us to step into what it is that he has for us. So we're going to put God first. Can, I, can we say that together? Just say, I put God first. Amen. I heard this little story, and I'm sure you've probably heard it before, but I just want to close with this because I just find it so powerful. And it's our life in five chapters. And chapter number one goes like this. I went for a walk. I fell into a deep, dark hole. It took me a long time to get out of it. Chapter number two. I went for a walk. I fell into the same deep, dark hole. It took me a long time to get out of it. Chapter number three. I went for a walk. I saw the hole this time, but I got too close. So I fell into the same deep, dark hole. It took me a long time to get out of it. Chapter number four. This time I saw the hole managed to edge around it. Chapter number five, I went for a walk, I went down another street. Sometimes we just have to change something. Amen, everybody. 
can ask you just to bow your heads for a moment. Precious Father, I want to thank you, Lord, for, for this time that we have together right now. Thank you, Father, for every person that's here, Lord. And I want to thank you, Father, that right now as we, we're just so aware of your presence in this house. Everybody that's part of the service right now, those of you online in the other venues, just raise your hands to the Lord right now and just, just commit to God that you're going to put him first, that you're going to put him first in your year. These next 21 days, focus on God. Put him first in your month. Put him first in your week. Put him first in your day. Thank you, Father God, that you empower us to do this. Holy Spirit, that you minister to our hearts, that you help us to, to meet this commitment, that we will fulfill it in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Now, there are people here tonight that say, you know, as you keep your heads bowed for a moment, I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't even know how to get there. I've never even thought about these things. I don't even know how to pray. I don't really know much about this at all. I've never actually received Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. Now, if that's you, you, you are here. This whole service is about you. It's about ministering this word so that you can have your life changed. So tonight, I want to offer you that. You know what, family, until and unless we receive Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, we actually... God can't work in our lives. We have to open the door of our heart in order for him to come in, in order for him to have access to us. So I'm going to say a little prayer with you in just a moment. If that's you, I'm going to ask you in a little while not to come up. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm just going to ask you to simply raise your hand. And I'll be so blessed to be able to pray with you. And your life will change forever. You will become a member of the family of God. You will become a member of the bride of Christ, of the body of Christ. You will know why God created you. Or maybe you're sitting here tonight and you say, you know, I listen to all these things. They're so simple, but I've fallen away from those things. And I want to rededicate my life to the Lord tonight. I'm going to give you the same opportunity. If you just want to be sure, sure, sure that you're going to heaven, I'd like to include you in this prayer as well. So I'm going to count to three right now. And if you want to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, if you want to rededicate your life to the Lord or if you want to be sure you're going to heaven, all you need to do is just raise your hand up real high right there where you are. We'll see where you are and then we'll just pray with you. Just go ahead. Those of you online, you can just just pop a, 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 a message through on your, on, your, on your line as well so we can connect with you in the other venues. I see hands going up. Come on. Just raise your hand. That's all you need to do. We're just going to pray together. God is going to change your life forever. You're going to become a child of the living God. I see a hand there. Thank you. Thank you. I see that hand at the back. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. I know right now there's, there's a fight for your life. You need to know that. The last thing the devil wants to do is let go of you. There's a fight for your soul. But do not allow him to take over. Just raise your hand. It's a simple thing. It's never been easier than right now. I just sense in my heart there's somebody here. You've been wrestling you feel a bit shy to raise your hand because maybe you have been serving God. Nobody knows how you've been feeling in your heart. You just raise your hand. Just say the prayer with us. That's all you need to do. I think I see another hand going up there. Let's say this together, family. I'm going to ask everybody to pray this prayer together if we can just bow our heads. Just say this, Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the price for me to be free, for me to be clothed in righteousness so that I can be acceptable to the Father. I receive you now, Lord Jesus, into my life as my Savior, 
as my personal Lord. Help me to obey you and to walk in your ways all the days of my life. I am now born again. I am a child of God. I am a Christian. And I thank you, Lord, that you help me to forgive every single person that has ever hurt me or harmed me in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Come on, family. Praise God. Praise God. That is like the best decision that you have ever made. Congratulations. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.